0: QP Nation, it is QP Sports Exchange Podcast, and it's Football Friday. I'm your host, Vince. Today on the show, we'll be talking about the Cleveland Browns and the Baker Mayfield contract situation. We're also going to discuss Devontae Adams and his contract situation in Green Bay, and how Aaron Rodgers and also Derek Carr fit into this we'll explain as we go along we'll also talk a little bit about some comments that doggo sweeney made and now it's coming to bite him in the butt and uh we spent some time on the new orleans saints so shout out to my new orleans people out there shout out to louisiana and all of my dirty south people we also hit some um college football news as well but what I'm really excited about is that um we brought on Nico Miatello um he is the newest member of the question point podcast network family um and he joined me on the show today I couldn't be more excited he was great I loved his uh just his candor and what he was thinking about we hit on a on an issue that was close to his heart So please take a listen to that um, To my Maple Leafs out there My Canadians out there We are the North Shout out to y'all We got a Canadian on the squad Dog, that's what I'm talking about So we're growing this uh, Podcast network It's a, it's an exciting time We're Question Point Pod Network Personally uh, Professionally and i'm just excited about these new cats bringing energy and bringing heat so without further ado you know what time it is it's football friday we need to get to this pod QP Nation, we've been talking about building the network for ye- for months and months and months. Okay, I said before that I am going to chase down Bill Simmons and I am going to chase down Kevin Smith because those are the two podcast networks that I use as my template. I know about you know Hardwick and the Nerdist Pod and all that, but You know how we get down here. So, the newest member of the Question Point family is Nico. He is now going to be our guy for like analytics. There's going to be some betting. (laughs) There's going to be some outlandish takes and drafts. And my man is super, super sick in the (laughs) MCU universe. So, we are going to expand into regular talk, not just sports.
1: Nico, how's it going? Oh, it's going great, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks so much for bringing me on board. I'm super excited to get involved on Question Point. Uh, I'm excited for all the shit we have planned going forward. We were just on a talk beforehand and got some some pretty big plans going forward. So I'm I'm jazzed about it, man. Well, just so you know Nico, we bring the family into
0: the trust tree, we tell them we kind of pull the curtain back a little bit. Sounds so good. Give them a little taste of maybe some upcoming things that might be happening with you on the website and on podcast.
1: Uh okay, we got we got we're working on something with gambling. I got a couple of my boys who uh, we're we're working on becoming better gamblers, and we we need the help of the nation to work with us to accomplish that goal. Um, there is some NBA draft stuff. There, who knows? One day there could be NFL draft stuff, and there's there's a lot of analytics stuff that I'm pretty well versed in, and really down to research more to kind of share with the community. So, guys, when I told you that we were gonna have. Actual
0: analytics, and it was going to be all Sloan conferenced out. I was not kidding, like, this was not joking. We are <laughs> going to have guys who are going to nerd out, okay? Oh, sure. All right, we are going to have guys that freak out about PER, and we're going to have guys who talk about per 36 minutes, okay? But it's a balance, okay? <laughs> it's a balance okay but today we are here because it is football Friday Nico we got a lot of stuff to get into we're gonna start right here we're going to Cleveland right now so the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mainfield are kind of slow playing a co- contract situation um Obviously Cleveland is looking at a situation where they got one good year out of Baker the other two kind of, mediocre, mm-hmm. wasn't his fault because they've gone through many coaches, many coordinators. I don't Massive. know how you can really grade him, but this is what his agent said. Okay. And I'll get your take on this. Okay. So his agent says that we should have something done by the end of summer. Now, this is what Baker said. I don't worry about things like that. I'm trying to win games. Like I said, this stuff will handle itself. I don't feed too much into it because I just want to play football and my talent will prove itself out. I think it's wasting my time, energy and thought process to worry about stuff like that. I'm going to worry about what I can control and I'm not going to worry about what I
1: can't control at this point. That's what you want to hear, isn't it? Like, I, I, out of a guy like Baker Mayfield coming into the spotlight, like, a lot of people, I think, give him a rough time just because of those commercials he has on all the time. But State Farm, I'm pretty sure, uh, that, that are constantly on on the NFL network. But, like, I think Baker, last year, at least, he proved himself to be a decent player. I, I do think they're smart to, push it out because technically they still have him for two more years with that fifth year option. So like make him prove himself this upcoming season, but, and especially with the, like the other guys in his class, Josh Allen doesn't have a contract yet. Lamar Jackson doesn't have a contract yet. If I'm a dude like Baker, I might wait until those dudes sign because then if I have a good season, my number has to beat theirs.
0: Absolutely. And, and my wife loves his commercials. She, she loves it. I, <laughs> I sit there and go, like, hey, bro, just play football,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah, well, like, I feel like he recorded commercials with State Farm, like, one time. It was one shoot, and they've just been rolling different commercials for, like, the last two years. And Baker just catches strays from them all the time. <laughs> yeah, but
0: I'll tell you this. I was impressed with him last year, okay? I thought the the young man played well. I thought yeah. that he showed a command of the offense, and it just so happens that Kevin Stefanski, who is an actual grown-up, understands offensive football in today's NFL. And lo and behold, Baker Mayfield was a very good quarterback in
1: that offense. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right there. I I'm not sure how much more I have to add on Baker.
0: No, no. We can move on because we got some news out of Packers camp. So my man, Devontae Adams, from what uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN says, for a massive pay raise. All right. So this is Aaron Rodgers' number one target, obviously. The thing that was really intriguing to me was he said – my dream come true would to be teamed up with my fellow Fresno State Bulldog alumni. <laughs> I can't even say yeah. it. I can't even say it. He wants to be he wants to be teamed up with the Las Vegas quarterback, Mr. Carr. He yeah. said, I love Aaron. I love I want to be here. But if for some reason it doesn't work out, I want to be teamed
1: up with my my brethren from Fresno State. Hey, James Jones compared Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr too, so maybe there's something there for wide receivers that we're not seeing after Derek Carr. Uh, no man, they they need to pay Devonte Adams. They need to get that that money going. Like his growth throughout his career, from like his first few years to now, is one of the most impressive ever. He's he's an incredible receiver at this point, arguably the best guy in the league. And like I feel I feel like they could reach this contract at any time realistically. By the time we upload this podcast, they could have a deal.
0: Well here's the one thing. I've been on this Green Bay deal for a while. I have multiple podcasts and takes on Brian Gutencuss in his just absolutely refusal to get Aaron Rodgers' weapons. Yeah. You know, like I think one excuse that he used was the savings and loan catastrophe in the United States. <laughs> um, there was a there was a rift between the scouting department and the front office about the new T Swift album and which one was the banger. <laughs> um. There was also a debate on which streaming services are absolutely essential. These are all things that took priority over free agency and drafting people <laughs> for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Listen, I don't understand the whole deal with that front office, but I'm going to tell you something. The shit show that it would be if for some reason... Let's say the number comes out and he wants something like 18, 19 million dollars as a wide receiver, and they just go, No, we're not doing that. And we jettison him off to like Vegas or anywhere else. Aaron Rodgers will never leave Hawaii. He will (laughs) always be playing that ukulele, and he will just come up with songs that make him happy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, look well, like why what he doesn't need to come back at this point basically. I think that's his argument. He's trying to pull the whole Carson Palmer thing from back in the day where it's just like I'm going to I'm just not going to play football. I will retire rather than go to Green Bay. And like I seen there's a report today saying that the early discussions towards bringing Rodgers back had started. But like I I I don't know. I kind of call bullshit on that. Just like Uh, the report that the trade market was dead. Like, the only reason the trade market's dead is because Green Bay isn't accepting phone calls. If Aaron Rodgers was on the trade market, their teams would be falling all over themselves to trade for that dude. Agreed. And I also think that this has
0: nothing to do with the fans. This has nothing to do with his teammates. Hell, this has nothing to do with his coaching staff, which is actually different, right? Because when... When uh, McCarthy was there, he definitely had a philosophical difference with him, but he seems to get along with M- Lafleur. So it's all front office. It's all Mark Murphy and Brian Gooncuss and absolutely the slander that these dudes are out there peddling on these streets in Wisconsin is just absolutely blasphemous. If yeah, I was Aaron, it's crazy. I would sit on a beach as well, and I will wait for my trade yeah, for sure. or my money.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he maybe he's just waiting for next year when the Steelers have enough cap room to make the trade. I think that's probably his plan all along. He's trying to force his way to Pittsburgh. Shout out to the Steelers. My mama
0: is gonna be so happy that he said that because she is a diehard yep. Steelers fan. Shout, shout out to my oh, four for eleven white lady, as I call her. Um, (laughs) she grew up like thirty, like thirty minutes outside of Pittsburgh. Her that's her squad. And up until a couple years ago, when Brady finally left the AFC, I used to go, "How is it to play for second place?" Like the season hadn't even started. You know, just hit her with that.
1: Rude. I think I think me and your mom would be better friends than we are. Shout out to our Steelers Nation.
0: Oh yeah. Oh that's right. That's right. Nico is a just. It's unapologetic, for sure. Oh, for but, sure. But also, it's it's borderline, like, this dude, like, sleeps his square Steelers. <laughs> and yeah. also Houston Rockets, which is kind of oh. weird, but
1: I, I love it. I'm just,
0: I love it so <laughs> much.
1: <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a strange combination, but when you went, like, I live in Canada, so we, we didn't really have any squads, and I'm not just going to rep Toronto for everything, so... Shout-out
0: to my Canadians, the Maple Leafs up there, bro. Like, shout-out to y'all. You know, the nicest people seem to be on the face of the planet. You guys don't slander anybody, so I am good that I have a Canadian on my (laughs)
1: team. So excited. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here for sure. I I'd like to think that I, I carry that nice person stereotype out, but I know definitely there, there's a lot more hate here recent in recent years than, than I would have expected. Not trying to bring this down a bad path though. Oh, no, listen, we hit all situations
0: on this podcast. Actually, I think my first three or four podcasts you know there was it was like right in the midst of the black lives matter movement and uh unfortunately there were some things that popped up there that were just something that you could not just not see okay
1: and yeah well th- canada actually is it's not it's not to the same extent of the black lives matter movement but we're kind of uh, undergoing a similar thing with like they're finding bodies of missing and murdered like indigenous children from residential schools that like realistically closed in my lifetime. Like there's even family members of mine that we're not sure, like whether that's how they disappeared, but just at some point they were never seen again. And finally, like these stories are getting the mainstream attention they've always deserved.
0: Let me just say this as as a podcast that talks about, you know, just inclusivity, and you know, we want women. We want people of alternative lifestyles. We want people of color. We want you know, uh, we want white people. We want everybody. Okay, we want everyone. Absolutely. But the the thing that has to go down, and we have to start seeing people as people, not as animals, not as less less than people. Just Absolutely. people. <laughs> yeah fellow human beings that that would be nice that yeah. that would be excellent as far yeah. as that's concerned
1: <laughs> for sure but yeah man all right a lot, so, of, a lot of hate over just melanin levels and skin it's bullshit but yeah so i, <laughs> I, agree. I didn't mean to go down that no. listen it hey.
0: happened naturally this is listen this is your question this is your qp sports exchange psa of the day the more you know the more you grow so absolutely all right so we have a we have a segment on here nico it's called hashtag takes so i'm gonna read you off a couple things you can go ahead have your take on it and we'll go from there it's a new segment it's been around for about i don't know a month i love it because we can hit on a lot of things real quick okay (laughs) the first one is i don't know if you read this but our boy dabwell sweeney is in the news
1: Oh, no, I I did not read this one.
0: So, unfortunately, the internet never, ever loses, and nothing you said (laughs) over a 10-year period ever, ever goes away. So be careful to my my fellow people out there putting out content, because I'm going to tell you right now, you might have to swallow some things. So this is Davo in 2015. He states that, If they start paying players, professionalizing college football, I will do something else because there's there's enough entitlement in this
1: world as there is. Oh, man. Like, (laughs) I like that. But what the hell is he doing? These Players are making like tens of millions, sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars for their respective sports program. This was such a no-brainer for the long time. Like I understood the argument of not paying student athletes just based on the fact that like that means like the basketball program and the football program are going to get one hundred percent of the funding from the university, and it would screw over people in lesser sports. But If it's just athletes making their own money off their own name, image, and likeness like that, that's the biggest no brainer I think of all time. I can't believe it hadn't been done by now.
0: Well, the NCAA is the biggest mafia
1: on the the planet. They're crooks. They're damn crooks. That I just figured maybe someone else would step in.
0: I've been saying actually, I had to take. I want to say about when the football season was going on and my take was that do the power five conferences just break off, just break off. We'll just, we'll do our own thing, you know, and then kind of like soccer, right? You get that team like Cincinnati and they get to kind of qualify for like one of the said power five conferences, like every once in a while, they have to hit a standard. Yeah. Like
1: relegation champions league stuff. That, that would be fun. I would like that better than the NCAA for and, sure. Yeah, and then you can cut out the NCAA. You
0: know, cuz you got some smart people running these conferences, the 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 guy from the SEC, he does a great job. The mm-hmm. ACC guy does a great job. Um the Big 12 guy, I'm a little I'm a little concerned about and I'm glad that Larry Scott is gone from the Pac-12. I could yeah. not get that guy out of here fast enough. I am so excited for the future of the PAC 12 because we actually have a grown up who <laughs> buys real estate in San Francisco. Who does that?
1: Uh, I don't know, man.
0: <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But he's got like gold toilets and stuff. I'm like,
1: what, what are we doing, bro? What are we doing? Yeah. That's some, that's some craziness.
0: Now, the next one is something that we actually probably should have brought in, the other the other guy, the other part of the family. But he'll listen to this and appreciate it. So, shouts out to Kyler Copeland, KC, if you're listening, bro, this is for you. Much um, love. <laughs> Patriots All-Crow cornerback Steve De- De- Stephon wow. Gilmore is holding out, right, a mandatory mini-camp. Gilmore is looking for a new contract extension. Neither Belichick nor Gilmore seem to be worked up about the contract situation. It is same, old, same, old out of New England camp. It is what it is, and we are going to evaluate who is here and not who is not here. So it's the same rhetoric out of Patriots camp as there always is. So yeah. your thoughts on... Patriots actually paying uh, Stefan uh, Gilmore or trading Stefan Gilmore. I
1: kinda think they'll pay him just because like Belichick seems to have those dudes on his team who he just loves. Uh Dante Hightower is another example of that kind of guy who he just pays uh to be like the cornerstone on his defense. But um I I maybe think they should trade him, considering that their cornerback back depth is relatively solid and like This is probably gonna be the apex of his value. We've seen guys over the last couple of years, like Jalen Ramsey, for example, I know it's a different cause the the years and everything, but Jalen Ramsey got traded knowing that you'd need a new contract on him. Even Antonio Brown got traded knowing that he'd need a new contract. And he, they still got relative value. I think you could probably get a first-rounder for Stephon Gilmore right now, maybe maybe more, I don't know. And if I was the Patriots, I'd look to make that move, even though they're trying to compete this season.
0: No one lets go of better players like the hoodie and steals the whole transaction. Yeah, He's absolutely. done it for years. Richard Seymour, gone. Lawyer Malloy gone. Ty Law mm-hmm. gone. Sebastian, uh, what was that kid's name? The tackle they let him go. He's gone. Volner, yeah, Volner. He was yeah. gone. Okay, Vrabel gone. And the mm-hmm. and he was part of the castle deal. So no one, no one like Belichick kind Trying of turns early like him and still comes out smelling like a rose. This guy, if he does trade Stefan Gilmore, I am sure there is going to be picks involved. I don't Mm -hmm. think there'll be players involved, even though I think there should be. Like, I think they should try to either beef up the offensive line or take a flyer on a, you know, a, a receiver that needs to rehab his situation.
1: But Maybe DJ Chark—that's someone who's coming to mind. He seems to be like he might be on the move with Urban Meyer. He looks like he's falling out of favor there. Oh, I like DJ uh, Chark. I like yeah, him. me too. I like his—I like his
0: deep game. I like his—he uh, seems to be able to high point the ball very well. Yeah,
1: so. that, that's—I think that's his biggest strength. So
0: now we gotta go. We going on some. Listen, you know what, Ohio. I love you. I love you, Ohio. And I'm about to show you some love. We are going to Bengals camp. And we're not going to Bengals camp to talk about Joe Burrow. I know that's usually the take on podcasts because you got to go to the hottest name. But I'm going to give you some insight onto one of your wide receivers. So offensive coordinator Brian Callahan believes that second year wide receiver T Higgins of Clemson is going to be a problem this year. Supposedly he has reworked his body, he's more explosive, and his um his stats from last year are pretty good. I mean, he had 67 catches, 908 yards, six touchdowns. The dude's like 6 foot 4, and with that receiving core with Boyd in there, um, didn't they get? Who else did they get in the draft? Jamar Chase, yeah, Joe Chase. Oh, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, so they're talking about that now. Here, here's my pushback. How is Joe Burrow going to get the ball to <laughs> any of these wide yeah. receivers with that trash offensive line? Listen, Bengals fans. I love you. I want you to have good things. I want Joe Burrow to be healthy and play 14, 15 years in the league. I want him to smoke cigars. I want him (laughs) to have that swag that he had at LSU. But you know what he's not going to have? This dude is not going to have a ligament if you
1: continue to run that trash offensive line out there. Yeah, man, I <laughs> I in the show notes, you put that the the T Higgins news. And the first thing I put under it was why on earth did they draft Jamar Chase? Because they've got the wide receiver. Like I even liked some of their depth guys like Auden Tate is a good receiver. Alec, er, Alex Erickson was a good player last year. Like I think they had wide receiver pretty much figured out. And Panay Sewell was sitting there staring them in the face on the board. That being said, to not be fully uh, rude to my division enemies, um, T. Higgins, I do think, is going to be a monster. Like, he, d- I don't think he's going to be this level of player, but he does kind of remind me of former Bengals receiver A.J. Green, just the way he moves and his size and physicality. I think he's, he was a steal where he got drafted, and I think he's definitely going to be a major o- option for Joe Burrow.
0: I 100% agree, with. here's where here's where I'm going with it. And this is something that you and I are going to get to probably on Monday for Hoop Questions Monday. So for my football fans out there, if you don't have a basketball pod that you listen to, okay, I understand there's Zach Lowe's of the world, Bill Simmons, even one of the ones that I love, which is the real ones. With Shout out to Logan Murdoch and Rajah Bell. That's those guys. Lesson. Um, Who Questions Monday is dope. And uh the thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna break down some draft stuff. But here's my yeah. thing. Where they were with the receiving class that was coming in, you're gonna tell me that you I understand that Jamar Chase is his boy. I got it, understand yeah. it. But Terrence Marshall was also drafted in the second round. You could have got Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore. I love him out of Purdue. Yeah. But if you wanted to get him a teammate, right? You could have got him a teammate. You could have gotten Terrence Marshall. And then you still draft the big guy out of Oregon, Panay Sewell. Yeah. Now, absolutely. I just I and they're still they're still messing around with Billy Christ. And what's he going to be? And their <laughs> tackle situation is not
1: great. It, Riley Reif, they I think they're relying on pretty heavily this year. And then Walker Little was the second lo- round tackle they drafted. I kind of think he's trash personally, but um, I don't know. They could have evaluated him completely differently. I don't know everything.
0: Well, I do know this is that Riley Reeve is a good tackle if he can stay healthy. I do yeah. understand that. Mm-hmm. I, that that could be a big pickup. I'm always worried about the dudes that are like at that thirty range and have had, you know, multiple injuries. That's always to me like yeah. a real bad sign. Like when the Rams got Whitworth, the one thing I said about that dude was like he's longer than tooth, but he really hasn't had a bunch of injuries. Dude's been healthy. Nah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andre, Andrew Whitworth. That speaking as a Steelers fan, I think that guy should be first battle Hall of Famer. He's he is like one of the best tackles I've seen in my life.
0: And also, he's probably one of the best human beings on the face of the planet. That's a good dude. Shout out to Andrew yeah. Big Wit. We mm-hmm. love you, and you know our home for the Rams here. So yeah, I'm gonna absolutely. give Whitworth some love. All right. Speaking of tackles, we got news coming out of New Orleans or knowledge from my people down south. Saints right tackle Ryan Ramsey got the bag. He got the bag. This dude, five years, $96 million. This dude has been durable. 63 out of a possible 64 starts over his first four seasons. Ryan Ramsey is, that's, that's, man, I am so happy for him. I am so happy for him getting the money, but I'm also happy because of the fact that, you know, right tackles, they need some love. And this dude has been great all four
1: years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like for the same reasons we were just talking mess about the Bengals, like the Saints might have the best tackle tandem in the league and now they have them secured in there. And whether it's Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill this year, or a rookie next year—I guess Ian Book technically—but I'm I buying that. Um, like having that that up as well as like Michael Thomas in, on your team, is gonna—you're gonna be set for the years upcoming, and it makes it way easier for a younger, developing player at quarterback.
0: Absolutely. Anytime that your offensive line is straight and is and if it's, it's the tackles that are straight, not saying that yeah. that line is, you know, that line is pretty solid all the way around.
1: Yeah, at center they're straight too. So like it's just guards. They like Eric McCoy's a great player.
0: Yeah. So I mean, as far as their how their foundation of the offensive line is, you know, they're going to be okay. Now it's mm-hmm. Jameis can go ahead and prove to everyone and all the doubters that he is that guy. I am still skeptical. We will see. We are a patient podcast. (laughs) It just doesn't bode well when you throw 30 interceptions. (laughs) No, no, it does not. So just saying, New Orleans fans,
1: Jameis did say you take away the INTs on balling. So, like, if he can do that. (laughs) That's quite the ask, though.
0: You take away the INTs on balling. (laughs) Okay.
1: Do you remember before that season where all the talk was about how Jameis Winston got this corrective eye surgery and now he wasn't going to throw any more interceptions? (laughs) Dude throws 30 in a year.
0: I'm sitting there going like, wait, what? Hold on. You, yeah. a, you a quarterback in the league, and you you just now get into this? Yeah. Like, I couldn't see. <laughs> Crazy. The first Crazy. three years of my career, but now yeah. I can see yeah.
1: <laughs> Fucking craziness, That's- man.
0: James Winston is a wild boy because, I mean, the crowd leg issues and stuff like There's <laughs> so much to go back on that kid with. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I just hope for him that he's able to somehow – rehab his career. I'm not if I was a betting man, I would not have like put a lot of money on that. If he was a stock, I would say he would (laughs) be like like five dollars a share. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe 10. Yeah. I would not be putting $50 a share on that dude. No, no no way. Sorry. (laughs) New Orleans. Expect a long year and then expect for yourself to get a quarterback shortly. We will be doing divisional previews coming up in early July. I wanna say probably next week, we wanna do division by division and we wanna lead it up to the to the September twelfth start of the season. So we might have to start it like the second or third week of July. I have to plan it out. But It'll it'll be up, and we are going to start in probably the NFC East, which is going to be amazing on so many levels. So the jokes will be flying in that division. So (laughs) stay tuned for that. So, Nico, I have something for you that I think we here as a podcast – have not really done a lot of, I got some Iowa love and actually particularly Iowa state cyclone love. Okay. Okay. There's a young man who's been quarterbacking the cyclones for about three years. It's Brock Purdy. I love the name. First of all, but my (laughs) man, let me just read you some things about Brock Purdy. Mm -hmm. Um, he is a 66% completion guy. Yeah. Right. Um, he has thrown career 8,982 yards. He's thrown for 62 touchdowns and 23 interceptions and a bonus. His rush career is 939 yards and 18 rushing TDs. And he, nobody talks about him because he has got the tag of game manager.
1: Yeah, yeah. To be honest, like Brock Purdy isn't someone I've watched the most film on per on personally. But I think the whole game manager thing is definitely getting too much flat flock. Like. Game managers are, I think, more valuable now than ever. The problem is whenever people say game manager, they're thinking Andy Dalton or they're thinking Jared Goff. But like what you mentioned there, that rushing upside, that's – what takes game managers to the next level? Like we just seen, like Alex Smith with the Kansas City Chiefs, for example, and the guys like in the league right now, like Jalen Hurts, that type of quarterback can be that game manager, but with that rushing upside, or Taysom Hill. Technically, I guess we we can see. But I think that's the evolution of the, the game manager. And being someone like Brock Purdy with that rushing upside, another guy I kind of like, he'll, he'll be a later round pick, but in the same vein is Derek King, where he can just complete those short passes and also like run ar- around and give your offense those two elements. The problem is you don't have the deep ball, but you're still challenging the defense in multiple ways, and you can confuse the shared people. Well, I'll
0: tell you right now, this kid is one of those guys that he does he does more with less from what I've seen, okay? He's always giving, like, the, the big boys of the world and the Big 12 fits, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Oklahoma State never wants to see that kid again. <laughs> um, Texas might be another team that does not want to face that guy again. Um, yeah. And he seems to have a, a magic over Baylor, which is weird, but he does. And this guy's just been the one thing that I like is that he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. Okay. He's not a big like, I'm going to put it in this really, really tight window. And yeah. there's like three guys on my guy. You know, he'll <laughs> he'll distribute the ball around. Like if you are a five star athlete going to Iowa State. And you're sitting there going, like, I'm gonna get all the catches because all these dudes are trash. You might be disappointed. Because yeah. he distributes the ball everywhere. He spatters everywhere. All right. I got one other topic to talk to you, Nico, about. And I kind of want your I just want your opinion. And this is something that is more kind of an editorial than anything else. And um it's sad for me. Okay. Um, so college football has made this like kind of transition over the last couple of years and nobody's really kind of honed in on it. There used to be college football signing day. It was in February. People were excited. You were like, my team is going to get better. This guy is awesome. How come that guy flipped over to USC? There's many things like that that I say on national <laughs> signing day. Um, uh, <laughs> And over the last couple years, we've gotten this like early signing period that is in December. So you got the NFL going on, you got NBA basketball is starting, you know, we're getting close to Christmas when that happens, right? And Mm -hmm. then also, you know and I know as people that are gonna do some draft geek stuff on Monday, you got the college like holiday tournaments going on. Yeah. So they so like all the high profile five star dudes are signing like early, and it's just watered down the college signing day in February. And it's it it actually is one of those things where I understand the NCAA is all about money. I think this is one of those things that they really kind of screwed the pooch on because they had a slot, right? In the middle of February, you're looking at a situation where, okay, it might be all-star break right around there. You know, there's a malaise in the basketball season. Football season's over because the first week of February, Super Bowl, done with that. You don't have Mm -hmm. to worry about baseball. And unfortunately, here in the States, unless you are in Boston, New York, Detroit, okay, Minnesota, Hockey? No, eh, we care, kind of.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you no, know, who cares about hockey? Fuck hockey! <laughs>
0: Listen, I do not.
1: I don't want to piss off my Canadian fans. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. For me, I I don't actually hate hockey as a sport overall. I just think the NHL, like, has gotten a little basic with their coverage and stuff, and it's not as fun to watch as it used to be. The KHL and international hockey, way better product at this point.
0: Agreed. But I'm just wondering why college football did this. Why did you have this December... Signing day, all the guys that are really, really good and do do all the little hat things, and now the videos are becoming real big, and it's all theatrical. Why couldn't we hold this off till February?
1: Um I, I'm not a hundred percent sure why they, they have feel, felt the need for the new period. Was it, I remember hearing that it was because there were too many kids switching at the last minute and stuff, and that they wanted to have kids' names legit like down in paper earlier. And if that's the case, I, I don't know, it just takes away some of the intrigue, like you were talking about that kind of, kind of ruins the day. For me, though, like as someone without a college team, I've, I don't necessarily hate this because it's kind of like a slow trickle out of high school prospects throughout the year that start signing here and there. So whenever a new guy signs, I can click on and kind of like observe, get like the basic rundown of who this is, the, the new freshman who's going to come in next college season. But because I'm not following like an individual school as closely to make sure they get all the right athletes necessarily.
0: Well, on this podcast, we talk about UCLA. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But um, no, I do a lot on Bama and everybody else. But the one Mm -hmm. thing that I have with it is that the one thing that you could sell me on is that, well, these kids are coming on campus in January. Like they're, you know, they're doing the early graduation in high school and coming on campus and getting integrated into our system. And I Mm -hmm. get that. I understand it. I just wish that, are you telling me one more month, like sign your thing like at the campus, like surprises, like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. at Alabama or I'm at Louisville mm-hmm. or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing the chop at Florida state or whatever. I'm rubbing the rock at yeah. Clemson, whatever it is. It'd be cool for you to do that. Mm-hmm. In with, with that one month, I don't know if it like, really hampers their development you know what i'm saying like i just yeah yeah
1: i get what you're saying
0: and it it just just, yeah
1: i i definitely understand that uh like i don't know how much more you can learn about a system by coming in like especially at the end of the year when they have like they're probably so focused on their seniors and everything anyways like I, it probably not as good for like helping to build relations also because guys will be worried you're coming for their spot and stuff i i can definitely see like i'm not convinced that that's going to be the most productive time to spend on campus
0: well i'll tell you one thing that is also doing it's making this transfer portal awesome because there was a yeah. guy who signed with USC. I'm just going to take him an exa- example because it was something that I read about, and it also helped UCLA out. So, <laughs> so Words. they had a guy who they signed early. So in December, right? Jay Toya. He's a six foot three, three hundred and twenty pound defensive tackle, and he was so impressive in his first workouts at USC. They they put him depth chart number one. Okay. Yeah. This dude entered the transfer portal. And it went immediately to UCLA. He hadn't even really worn a a actual USC helmet in a sense of like in a game or even in a screen ball game or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And now he has signed his letter of intent with UCLA, and he'll be being our anchor in the middle of that defense next year. Now, yeah. I understand that USC gets 15 five-star dudes all the time, and mm-hmm. – they're kind of like the poor man's, like, you know, I don't don't really want to put them in the Clemson, Alabama stage. I'm like, maybe, like, they're kind of like Texas, right? Texas is that mm-hmm. school that believes they're better than, than they actually are. are. Mm-hmm. Listen, Longhorn fans, listen, we give it to you real rugged and raw. So if you <laughs> are mad at what I just said, you can hit me up. It's easy. QPP Network on Twitter, Question Point Pod Network on IG. I am here for all the smoke, but you guys think you are a lot better than what you are.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, um, I, you you might actually be able to convince me to be a UCLA fan, honestly, because the only team I was ever really a fan of before in college football was the Chip Kelly Ducks. So I could follow that dude. See,
0: see, Nico, let me just bring you in. Look, we got, <laughs> listen, we're now Jordan you know we're Jordan Brand, so we're good there. We're not messing with Adidas anymore, right? We're yeah. not messing with Under Armour anymore. You know we got like a you know our mascot. It's not like You're this selling? crazy bear. It's a you know it's like a wholesome bear. You know it's a Bruin. You know bear. Sure. Yeah, and and listen, with UCLA football, it's like this. If they Mm. get to a Pac twelve, like championship game, we're gonna be lit. We're gonna be so lit.
1: So excited.
0: 10 win season, we are going to be lit. We don't have expectations of being number one right now. Mm. Now basketball, different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're we're kinda like Texas in that way. Yeah. It's scary. Because I hear the Wooden talk all the time. And listen, I love John Wooden. Mm -hmm. But the whole deal about we should be winning championships every year is, yo, it's super hard to win six games in that tournament. I don't care who you are. Ask Krzyzewski about winning six games in that tournament and how hard it is.
1: Yeah, damn near impossible, man. So, but yeah, we can get
0: you over, man. We'll, you know. Blue, gold—you know I'm talking about. We play in a beautiful stadium, the Rose Bowl. There's a there's a parade attached to it, man. You can't get better than this. Yeah, you know that sounds pretty good. Would you want to be a UCLA fan and, and have a Rose Bowl, or would you want to be like a Texas fan and be in a Red River Shootout, which you're going to get blown out of?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, no, for me, it's just like the Oregon Ducks were the only team I was ever like even kind of loyal to. And as soon as like Chip left for San Fran, I kind of stopped paying attention. So,
0: yeah, and he finally built up the program to a point now Mm -hmm. where they can start showing dividends like he had to blow everyone out and then get three recruiting classes in there to run what he wants to run and have the athletes that he wants to have. And I still think he's still probably a tier below of what he was getting at Oregon, right?
1: Yeah.
0: But Oregon used to be really great at taking a three-star dude and turning him into a four-star dude. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I think that's what UCLA is doing now. So mm-hmm. I'm all in on Chip Kelly. I was all in before. Um we have a quarterback by the name of Dorian Thompson Robinson and let me okay. tell you right now as a podcast as this particular podcast yeah we have no we're sitting here going right now dude it's time for you to step up and mm-hmm. not be throwing the ball to the other team don't fumble yeah. the football <laughs> Because Chase Griffin is behind you and a plethora of freshmen, dude. So yeah. this is your warning from this host at QP Sports Listen, DTR, <laughs> I love you, bro. I do. I've been on your side the whole time. They, they had to put talent around you. But, dude, if you go into game two and you got like five interceptions by the by the start of the second half of game two, it's I am calling for your head. So know that. <laughs> yeah, fair. The pressure is on you now. Mm. I am not asking for twelve wins. I'm asking for nine. Can you give me nine wins? That's what I'm asking for.
1: <laughs> that I feel like that's a fair ask.
0: Yeah, I think so. You're senior now, right? Do your thing. That's what I'm asking yeah. for. All right, Nico. Couple other things. Um, We go a little bit behind the curtain on this podcast. Um, The one thing that I want to kind of let everybody know is like I said, we do have something in development for Nico. Okay. Um, It is a gambling podcast. We do not have a due date for it yet, but Mm -hmm. he is going to be all over the network. We have a blog. Let me tell you something. The analytics will be there. He will be on this pod. He will be on the basketball pod. And then once we expand the universe like Marvel, (laughs) he will probably have some pop culture stuff in the Marvel universe, which I am super excited about. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm in. So we're going to go ahead and end this podcast and get with our Friday, because there's a lot going on. I got two oh. Lokis to watch. I don't know what my man got to do, but I'm sure there's some analytics and some draft stuff that he's got
1: going much to do.
0: <laughs> my man hit me like at two thirty in the morning talking about I'm watching Evan mowgli tape. I'm like that <laughs> it almost brought a tear to my
1: eye, honestly. Yeah. I was sitting there going, "Oh my God, he's watching Evan Mowgli tape." <laughs> Oh man, man, that guy is keeps me up at night. I can't figure out what the hell I feel about him. Yeah, he's feeling
0: some kind of way because he wants Jalen Green. So yeah. the, stay tuned for Who Questions Monday, so you can get <laughs> yeah. all the all the Jalen Green propaganda because there will be a lot of it Absolutely. on that podcast. Um, Nico, what sort of things like would you like to write about? On the blog at questionpointpodnetwork.com.
1: Uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm open to kind of everything. I've had some fantasy ideas before, and I I like the uh rolling out our analytics and kind of like explaining them specifically, like in in reference to draft prospects, so we can like create stuff like that there's there's a ton of stuff i've got a bunch of ideas i can fire at you
0: listen i'm gonna tell you right now qp nation if you were waiting for the expansion if you were waiting for it if you were one of my day ones and you were waiting for this expansion this is your day okay this is the day (laughs) that you pray for the heavens have opened up you hear the music from the angels. you hear it because this dude right now there are like legitimately three things in development right now that we can't even talk about
1: (laughs) we'll figure it all out we'll figure it all you guys will know sooner rather than later
0: and we're gonna be all over uh spotify green room uh shortly we have not like actually been sponsored there yet so if you guys want a home and try to get us some love, we're on that. We're also uh, checking out other apps for possibility of doing things where it's a little more intimate setting in a yeah. sense where you guys can ask questions. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot coming. But know that we have now two new members of the Question Point Pod Network mm-hmm. family. And I'm happy to have them. So you guys enjoy your Friday. Nico, enjoy your Friday. You enjoy your
1: Friday as well.
0: And I'll see you in the green room later. Hopefully you're medicated. Everything is sweet. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. And we up out of here. So peace.